Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Fire Radio, episode 281 for November 29th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I am Adriel Michaud. And I am Trevor Furlock. Hello. Matthew is missing. Matthew is at an Epicure party with uh, Jewel. Didn't know if you guys knew this or not. Uh, So Jewel sells Epicure. So Matthew's there. He's in it for the food. That's it. That's what he wants. Is this like... some sort of antihistamine thing or what's the epicure See, that's right he doesn't even know what it is i don't know what it is he doesn't want to know i don't want to know epicure it's no, for food you get to for food it's so call it a food party don't make up words for things we already have words for duvet blanket call it a blanket <laughs> it's like pampered chef oh no you guys didn't know what that is either a chef wearing a pamper uh, <laughs> chef wearing a pamper anywhere near my kitchen that's uh, that's a thing online, probably, but uh, I don't know if yeah. you need need a party for it. Is there that many people that are into pampered chefs? Hmm. Oh, oh yeah, I used to sell it. I Epicure sounds like um, like some kind of acupuncture. For some reason, you say yeah. Epicure, and I think somebody's getting stuck with needles, right, Adriel? It's yeah. delicious. Ah, mm. uh, mm. it, it really is. It's delicious. I'm really confused. Mm-hmm. Oh, for, it, he's in it for the food. That's it. So why don't you say he's having supper or something? So it's not a nail thing. What? <laughs> no, that's jamboree. Do you guys want to talk about all these parties? <laughs> no. No, I want to get no. in. We I want to talk, talk about, about all the what, like want... all these parties are MLM, right? That's that's what they are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we want to talk about what we did in guns. So this yeah. week, what we did in guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now they have a precision arms MB5T muzzle brake, and it's available in 223 or 300 or 338, which is coming soon, apparently, because that's in quotations. Yes. And it is $239. Now, so, I mean, it's 338 once you shoot it once. You just put the brake <laughs> on and you shoot it, and that's 338. So um, I've been testing. So for the listeners who are viewers right now, if you, uh, you want to lock on to me there, Adriel? I like the listeners that are the, the viewers comment. Yeah, you're locked on to. All right. So this is the breaking question that the Calgary Shooting Center has on sale this week. SPA. Um, it's pretty. It's very pretty. And it's also very effective. Now, $239 for a break. You may be saying, wow, that seems like a lot of money for a break. Well, if you use this break, you'll understand why it's $239. Um, not only is it incredibly effective at reducing flip porosity, and I've got videos on my Instagram and maybe on Slamfire's Instagram of me running this break on my SLR. Not only is it incredibly effective at taming the flip porosity, it doesn't make the gun any louder than having a regular muzzle device on there. If you put a break on your gun, the decimals go through the roof. The gun mm-hmm. becomes unbearable. I can hunt with this. I can do whatever I want with this and not have to worry about blowing my eardrums out because even though it's a muzzle break, it's not louder than having nothing on the gun. Okay. I don't believe you at all. 
Well, you know what? We've got the metrics. I had a gentleman <laughs> from. Uh, I had a gentleman come to. He's from Quebec, and he works mm -hmm. in. Um, I don't know the sound industry. He showed up with a six thousand dollar decibel meter and all the software to run it, and we conducted tests. We conducted. Um, we took. Did you videotape this? No, we oh. took measurements from uh, three different angles with a muzzle brake on the, uh, or sorry, with a flash hider on the gun. And then we took um, three measurements from the same three locations with the SPA muzzle brake. And there was no noticeable difference in the decimals. There's actually a couple of graphs on the Calgary Shooting Center's CGN thread um, with this ad right now so you can go look at the numbers yourself and see the graph and uh yeah that's the thing adriel sure it's 239 but find me another muzzle brake that you can put on your gun that is not going to make the gun any louder as a matter of fact i might have another one right over there on my air 10 so companies are not going to go out and advertise that it makes the gun quieter because that's a no-no but it certainly well, here in Canada. even though even though considering these are muzzle brakes they don't make the gun louder. And that's why a lot of people shy away from brakes is they make the gun louder. Not yes. this one. Effective brakes make the gun louder because they direct the sound and the pressure to the sides oh, and to your ear. Right. Okay. Well, this one is, I don't know. It's, 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 it's uh, pixie dust and, and uh, unicorn farts because it doesn't <laughs> make the gun louder. And um, I can dig up the email with all the graphs and stuff and send it to Adriel, but, Anyway, that's 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 my that's my thing. So it's cool. an awesome break. It's an awesome break. If awesome. you don't use one, you're a communist. It's got some pokies on the end too, so you can <laughs> jam it into someone's rib and just be like, Ugh. it does. It's have not pokies. like soft. Yeah, you don't want a soft break. You want some no, pokies no, no. on there. To... Yeah, like look at this break. Yeah. You can't you can't open a bottle with that break. That break no. is flat, flat like mm. my prom date was. Look at this thing. <laughs> I this thought thing. that was your mother. Oh. What? I thought it was your mother. <laughs> I took your mom to the prom. Oh, yeah. I would have stopped calling Woo! you, by the way. Woo, Kelly. I was on my way to visit her last night. The line was too long. I had to turn around and go home. So, yeah. All right, Trevor. What did you do in guns this week? And we'll stop talking about my mother. All right. Um, okay, so North Silva. North Silva, for the listeners who may not be aware, is probably the largest Canadian importer and distributor of firearms and firearms related awesome. products. They are awesome. I got to go with Denis to from DC Armory, new show sponsor by the way, um, to the North Silva show. So the North Silva show is a gun show for dealers across Canada. So like Canadian Tires there, Wolverine is there, Denis is there, like all kinds of dealers who have accounts set up with North Silva Go. And this show was amazing it's a pretty much all expenses paid it was all expenses paid for me thank you very much denny um got they they put the dealers up in hotels they feed them oh my god people were posting more pictures of food than of guns hmm. it was amazing at 12 o'clock on saturday the first round of lunch, lunch number one came out. There was lunch number two at three o'clock. It was a whole pig. There was an espresso bar. There was veal, chicken, salmon. Went on and on and on. I thought this was a gun show. And then, well, Kelly, then the bar opens. <laughs> and, 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 and Kelly, Kelly, it doesn't, it doesn't close. 
God. The, bar, the bar never closes. Except for Sunday night at 2.30 when the lady said, I legally have to take the drink out of your hand, Mr. Furlot. And I said, you're not a cop. <laughs> and anyway, it was a thing and we had to leave, but we shut the bar down. Um, so you get back to, so in the afternoon, once you get rolling, you go up to the, uh, I don't know, the Trijicon booth and the guy's like, Hey, can I help you? And he puts his glass of wine down you put your beer down and you start fondling Trijicon optics. This is amazing. So, um, met all kinds of cool people. I lined up a couple of guests. We were supposed to have one last week, but unfortunately I was, uh, under the weather or not on or whatever. So You're we'll have her on sorry. next week. <sighs> Only okay. cause your mom was tweaking them. <laughs> So, um, some of the cool things about the North Silver Show was the VZ-15 pistol. Now, the VZ-15 pistol is from CSA, the Czech um, CZ maker that makes, like, the VZ-58 rifle in all the different configurations that we get and non-restricted and all that stuff. So, they come up with a pistol, and it's a polymer striker-fired pistol. Um, I like the trigger. I like the super low bore axis. Uh, the best way to describe this pistol, it's like the Alien pistol and the um, Arsenal Strike 1 had a love child and the VZ-15 was born. It's got some Arsenal uh, um, Strike 1 characteristics and it's got some um, Alien characteristics. But I got to tell you, uh, I mean, I spent a lot of time at the CZ booth. I met the president of the company, cool dude. Oh, um, cool. But... The gun doesn't have any metal rails. The slide runs on polymer rails on all four corners. Oh. Yeah. And it's actually not four corners. They're full length polymer rails. And um, I'm not so sure how I feel about that. They threw out a number like, oh, it's great for 30,000 rounds before there was any signs of wear. I'm like, mm, I still. But the price point on this pistol is going to be incredibly competitive it's going mm. to uh be cheaper than the other polymer pistols and have cooler features than some of them so hmm. the next thing i want to check out was the fn 509 y'all know i y'all listen to me zeke was just on and now i got to the accent such <laughs> so a, so a poser so the fn 509 is the updated version of the fn fns striker fired pistol line and uh, I was like, so except for some cosmetic differences to the outside, what have you guys done? Well, dude was insulted, and he took me through every change on this pistol. And they're not necessarily just cosmetic. And then I also made the mistake saying, so do you do anything about this trigger situation yet? And he's like, what trigger situation? I'm like, <laughs> just saying. I took it apart once. It took me two hours to put it back together. He's like, are you a gunsmith? What are you doing taking it apart? I'm like, all right. I said, okay, calm down. Anyway, I'm just saying there are simpler designs. Um, I noticed no improvement in the trigger whatsoever from the FN line, but the ergonomics are better. Um, they changed you know, the do recoil. You know what's improved in the trigger? Nothing is improved. Makes Apex yeah, Apex has Apex has come to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, um, but I got to tell you, although there's a ton of changes in this pistol, you don't really. I would I I I would just stick with the FNS. I don't feel the need for this pistol anymore. I'd be like, hey, new FN pistol. I needs to get it. Mm, not so much. Um, nice, it does look nice. It's uh, I'm not sure if I like the change to the grip. They've changed the grip a little bit. Um, maybe the angle and the circumference, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced. But I'll tell you what I am convinced about, and that is the CZ P10, which is the striker-fired CZ pistol that I've been longing for for a long time. It's already in Canada at the Calgary Shooting Center in 
a suppressor ready version. So it's got suppressor sights and threaded barrel and stuff. He said that the um, full size one will be coming after SHOT Show. And I don't know why he referenced SHOT Show because it's been out since last year's SHOT Show. But um, anyway, um, we ordered a couple for the shop. We ordered a couple of these VZ pistols too. So I'm probably going to end up with my own personal VZ 15 and a CZP 10. Definitely a CZP 10, hands down. Um, I handled the 308 Tavor. There's still no FRT for that, unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like a Tavor, but bigger and heavier. You didn't think you could make a Tavor heavier? Well, they did. I thought so, they were um, they were still working on the design of that thing. I well, this one looked pretty designed to me, man. And he said mm -hmm. that we're it's, it's good to go. For the FRT. Correct. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So I yeah. Pretty good to go. So, yeah, I think so, Kel. Um, Ballastall. Hey, if we could rewind for a second, how's the P10 versus the P P07? Oh, totally different. The P07 is a steel frame wrapped in plastic, right? Um, it's also hammer fired. The P7 and the P09 are both hammer fired, double action, single action. One is a compact, and one is a full size. Mm -hmm. So different beast altogether, Adriel. Uh, P10 straight up striker. The other one's hammer fired is the gotcha. primary difference. Um, Ballastall. So for those Ballastall fans out there, Ballastall is making a big push into Canada and they're approaching gun stores. Like I've never seen Ballastall in a gun store. Uh, I'm sure there are, but I'm just saying I haven't seen it. We're going to be carrying it now at our shop. And um, the label is changing. We were getting the American label, which said, which was green. It said multi-purpose. Well, that's yes. a uni. That's a unilingual label. So Canada is going to be getting the universal label. It's the exact same product. Instead of being called multi-purpose, it's called universal, which is basically the same thing, right? Universal, multi-purpose. They're they're synonyms. So don't get freaked out when you order Ballastol and it comes in a new bottle that says universal. It's the same same product. These guys will put. They'll take shots. They'll like squirt the ballastol in their mouth at the booth. And apparently it makes you grow because like the owner of the company is like Zeke. He's like six foot everything and all of it. Yeah. So like abnormalities from the gene editing. So I'm like, you know, non-toxic doesn't always equal edible, guys. No. It makes you look at the Hulk. Come on. Yeah. Well, it's cool that they're pushing into Canada because... Ballastol is a very popular yes. uh, uh, cleaning lubricant uh, that's that's uh, talked about in the U.S. I never, I'm I'm the same as you. I never see it, and I wish uh, I wish I saw I more of it because I ordered it really online. Like I got, I I've been ordering it online since Hickok was going on about it, and they, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we we know Hickok, we love Hickok, we hang out with them in Vegas, like, um, and they make uh, they make a huge selection of products, even even products for the equestrian people. They make bug spray. They make uh, stuff for the automotive industry. They make stuff for like they they're not allowed to call their their product medicine, or they're going to have to change like how it's marketed and licensed <laughs> and stuff. But they were calling it medicine. So I don't know, like if you got a, a sore elbow, you just rub some ballastol on it or something. I got a cool brochure called "The History of Ballastol" or "Ballastol: Our Story," and it's been around for a long time. And it's um, it's it's it goes out with the you uh, um. UN forces when they deploy. That's like their official <laughs> official oil of... of uh, they, yeah, that's yeah. how they clean the rifles. Um, Kiapa had a cool selection of lever action guns in 44 and 357 Magnum. Like, I mean, some cool ones. I'm like, why? So basically a Mars leg with a, with a, bear, with a stock on it, that kind of length stuff. 
Um, I wanted one, but I had already gone too crazy. I ordered um, a C, uh, CZ 455 uh, bolt action gun in an SS Evolution stock in 17 HMR because hey. I already have a bolt action 17 HMR. But I mean, I love those CZ rifles. Jeff switched from Savage rifles to CZ rifles, and they're just amazing. He's got the 22 and the 17, kind of the exact same rifle, two different calibers. It's phenomenal rifles. Um, and uh, now I've got a Savage A10. So what do I need? Another bolt action? Anyway, I, whatever. It's done. What are you going to do? I'll probably sell the Savage bolt action. Actually, it was sold, but the buyer changed his mind. But that's okay, because I don't really want to sell it anyway until I get my, my CZ. Mini 12-gauge shells are a thing like never before. Everybody's making them. It started with uh, Aguila. Aguila, man, those guys were cool to talk to, and they make a ton of ammo. And they were giving oh, away all kinds I, of cool swag. Oh, no, I would have like, did you get me any? I uh, got you a hat. Okay. All right, so you get an Aguila hat. All right. Hey, Joe, hey, Joe you okay. get the same thing I got you last time I went to a gun show. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, yeah, so um, mini, you know, Aguila started the little mini shells. Well, now Federal's making them, Challenger's making them. They're making birdshot, buckshot, and slug. Um, the Evo, the non restricted CZ Evo is coming. Who cares? Who wants a PCC that doesn't take a pistol mag? Like, that was uh, whatever. I know why they didn't make They're it. They're a really good sub gun, but uh, yeah, in Canada here, five rounds. Yeah, I've shot them. I'm not like super like, oh my God, I've shot a couple of them on a couple different occasions and I've never like, an, I need to own this. Like I absolutely need to own this. Uh, just I don't. Now, if it was in a, even if it wasn't a pistol mag, there's, there's, I don't know. It doesn't trip my trigger, I guess. Um, but for those of you that are a fan of the Evo, but don't want restricted guns, you, you there's one coming non-restricted. So I went to the Springfield booth, right? And I had to check out the SOCOMs, the M1As, and uh, to like, you know, you know, are these things worth what they what they cost compared to the Norinco? And uh, of course, naturally, the fit and finish is so much better, but they're still really expensive for what is basically 1950s technology, right? But then I saw the the XD sitting there, and the the Springfield guys were like lifeless. They were sitting down, looking at their phones. They weren't making eye contact with dealers when they were walking by. They were just completely disengaged. So I walk over and I look at them and I'm like, why'd you guys put a grip safety on a polymer striker-fired pistol? <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, to make it safe? Like, doesn't it have all the regular safeties that other polymer striker-fired guns have? Well, yeah, but it's it's even safer now. And, it, and it's one more thing that Glock doesn't have. I'm like, so you got no good reason. Gotcha. All right, cool. Moving on. Yeah, There's another that uh, that grip safety is uh, <clears throat> not great. Like it, it locks a slide too. <sighs> Stupid. Um, and then uh, back home, I did some more work on my Air Ten. Um, the gas block that I got, the hole wasn't lined up to for the pin to hold the gas tube on, so I ordered another one. Um, I got it downstairs. I was going to drill it, make it straight, but I didn't have a bit. So Maple Ridge is sending me out another uh, another gas block. And I'm waiting for the Maple Ridge handguard for my AR-10 because it's going to be awesome. Um, like the next ones I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, it's going to be super lightweight and all this stuff. But they're not going to be ready until like January probably. So I can't wait till January to shoot my AR-10. So I found a place that sold just the barrel nut. 
So I'm, you know, I'm going to go break in the barrel, go sight it in. I don't need a handguard to do that. I'll just put on sandbags off the receiver, that sort of thing, and get out there and, and get that going. Um, what else? Okay, so um, Maple Ridge sent me a handguard to test and evaluate. So this is, Adriel, if you want to put the screen over here. This is my um, STI AR. It's my original three-gun rifle. And what I have on here is the Maple Ridge V1 M-Lock handguard. And what they've done to trim the weight, not only did they open up all of these cuts here to save weight. Uh, oh, and I should note that this handguard is 17 inches. All right. The one that I have on this rifle, my SLR, is 15 inches. And as you can see, they've made the holes in the handguard along the, like the slots and stuff. They've made them all just a little bit bigger, but all of that adds up and saves a lot of weight. Yep. Now, on the first generation, and I'm calling it a first generation because I don't know. I think they've maybe discontinued this line and just gone with the M1 or V1, rather. I'm not 100% sure. But if you look at the top here, what they did was at the top of your handguard where your Picatinny rail is, on this one, they put cuts in the top had no effect on strength or where you would mount anything. It just was a way to cut out some material and save some weight. And the anodizing on that one's kind of black and shiny and doesn't really match the anodizing on my SLR. And since I scratched the heck out of my SLR, I'm going to get them all sandblasted and Cerakoted anyway. But now back to this one, the newest one, look at what they did on the top of this one. Yeah, it's a better idea. Why, you know, we don't need right. that pick rail up there. So nope. why even have it? Right. So they removed the Picatinny rail. The entire length of the top of the handguard. Except for the front. Except for the, the front where you would mount your sight. And I actually did play with some 45-degree uh, offset sights on this. I threw them on just to see how they would be and stuff. But I still think they're dumb. And I'm trying to make this rifle light, so I removed them. So, And the anodizing is different. The anodizing is much closer to what an AR-15 traditionally is anodized in when it's anodized black. So um, very awesome. I weighed both these rifles. Now, I should have taken the optics off, to be fair, because there's a loophole, which is lightweight, and then a Burris plep mount, which isn't so much lightweight, and then a Strike Eagle on the SLR, which is a heavier optic. So that wasn't an absolute fair comparison because I left the optics on, but I'm not tearing them off, putting them back on, and going to sight them in again and stuff. But I did weigh them with the same stock. The um, STI has the ACS. And the SLR has the much lighter MOE. So I just weighed them both with the MOE. And um, there's one, one, oh no, that was just the, um, the weight, the handguards. Let me back up here. I took off from my STI three gun rifle, a 15 inch Samsung Evolution handguard and replaced it with the V1 M-Lock handguard from Maple Ridge. And although the Samson is a 15 inch, it weighs 1.3 ounces more than the 17-inch Maple Ridge. So that's that's pretty good savings there. I compared both rifles, my SLR versus my STI 3-gun rifle, and they're both over 8 pounds. The difference between them is pretty negligible, but it's um, a pretty good comparison. So, you know, you can build your, your SLR quite lightweight depending on what you want to build it out of. And, I mean, I don't have one of those crazy skeletonized bolt carrier groups like Adriel just bought in either of my rifles but anyway so um so that's yeah. the next upgrade it might be Adriel because now I'm like oh I, I can shave this I can shave that and next thing you know I've got a like you know 
uh, I could at least get it down to eight pounds, maybe even under eight pounds, depending if I change the um, the optic mount. I don't need that big, quick, detached optic mount on there. I could go with some regular rim uh, rings. So, Air Precision Ultralight Mount from Saskatchewan Gunworks. Oh, there you go. I've also yep. been eyeballing um, another handguard and barrel for my NEA. Uh, but that's that's no need for that. I don't need to build that rifle super light and pump any more money into it. I wasn't even going to keep it, but here we are. So anyway, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. How about you, Adriel? Oh, let's see. I got my BCGs in. Let's see. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Gold, baby. Bing. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Ah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I do that. All right. So this is the uh, uh, Brownells M16 lightweight bolt carrier group. It's uh, skeletonized. It's still steel. Uh, you can get some of these that are made in aluminum. That would be about half the weight of this, but they will wear and they will eventually wear out. Um, so the idea with this is that it's lighter weight. And I've got another BCG, just a regular one here next to it, uh, just to show the the difference in uh, in the cuts wow. on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can definitely see like where the where the weight's being made up on these things. It's pretty much the same up front. A little bit of uh, cuts on the sides, kind of a thing. But there's a lot of weight uh, on the back there that's uh, that's getting cut out of this guy. Yeah, so that came in. Um, at the same time, I kind of put up on the uh, local uh, three-gun group that, hey, I'm doing an order from Brownells. Anyone want anything? And uh, Matt, who, uh, uh, Trevor, we went over to his place three years ago? Four years ago? Our, our, our first year in Alberta. Yeah, something like that. You're like, hey, this guy Matt uh, wants to, uh, to hang out. Let's go to his place. So, <laughs> so that's that's okay. what it was three or four years ago. And uh, this time uh, he got a couple springs, so I went over to his place as well and uh, got to talk with him a little bit about three gun uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then on Cyber Monday, I saw that True North Arms had the BCL 102s for thirteen seventy eight, one thousand three hundred seventy eight dollars, yeah. and I was like, oh. I think like I've been I've, I've said I think I've said on the show I'm buying a stag 10s uh, but the price on those after you're done is a lot more than 1378 so oh yeah I, yeah <laughs> even yeah. if you don't build it building it is killing me yeah well what do you want yeah well that's it Kelly when it's done is done right yep. it'll have exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so I don't know I saw that uh, that BCL had a lifetime warranty on these things and I was like oh Okay, so I mean, if there's anything wrong or whatever, I'll just send it back and they'll take care of it. Sweet. Okay, so I did that. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Shoot deer, shoot PRS. If it's accurate enough, maybe shoot PRS. What do you think? Like PRS matches in the States um, are primarily dominated by bolt action rifles. Yeah, they are. But there are some guys using gas guns now. Uh, which are your AR-10s and that kind of thing, uh, because yeah. they're accurate enough and you get that quick follow-up and they're ergonomic. And... Right. Uh-huh. So when we did the Meaford Challenge, the steel challenge, the precision yep. steel challenge, uh, 99.9% of the people that were shooting were shooting bolt action. There was a couple that were shooting, there was one person shooting a BCL, but everybody yep. else was shooting ARs and the bolt actions... Uh, yeah, they were they were far and above the better rifles. 
But now at the Meaford PRS, like this isn't shooting just prone for the whole time, right? You're shooting on no. different, like the thing no, that you're, the, you're shooting all over, you're shooting off a couch, you're shooting, you know, off of, you know, off a, a couch, swinging, off a couch. I could, I can sit on a couch and shoot guns. You absolutely can. This is, this is a sport now. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the beer has to be non-alcoholic, I'm yeah. still in. Yeah. <laughs> Should send you some pictures. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, there was the 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 people that were shooting the bolt action. They they did a lot better than those that sh- shot the semis. Now, I would be willing to bet that's the shooter and yeah, not the action. The reality yeah. is, it's the shooter. Yes, because okay. those that were those that were shooting uh, the um, semis were a little less experienced. Um, but there's also you know people that were less experienced that shooting the bolt action as well. But any of the top top shooters they were all shooting bolt actions yeah but to get mm. into it why don't you use what you already have have yeah. fun I had a like i had that 10 tr but i just sold it slash traded it so okay. i'm not going to be using that for prs anyways i i reloaded some uh uh one six for what's that how much movement is there adriel like it's is, it's not like running and gunning so much is it i have no idea no i've idea. never shot a prs okay. match uh i've got because a good scope for it you, yeah, well, that's, yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna say it's gonna come down to your your hand loading for that gun and a scope um but that it's heavy i mean denise got one and i fired ryan holyoaks and it's heavy all the heavy's PRS guns bad. are heavy heavy's good good point good no point Andrew. good point yeah that's right kelly i mean you're running around with a 12 pound bolt gun probably so yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the I think the BCL is like nine pounds. I'll weigh it when I get it. I I I read somewhere that it said like it was eight point eight or nine or something like that. So I'm gonna weigh it when I get it. Uh, do yeah, a review. Just, just like your WK is seven pounds. It is seven pounds though. Uh, I don't believe it. I weighed it. I weighed oh, it with a fish scale. I took pictures of me weighing the thing. <laughs> but you can deny it. That's your. Totally denying it. <laughs> my, my my lightweight SLR and and three gun rifle are over eight pounds. Mm-hmm. So with with optics on them. With optics on them. Okay, because the the uh, WK is seven pounds flat with no optics on them. Oh, yeah, dry. Nothing. Oh, mm-hmm. not bad. Different. Well, then uh, maybe it is seven pounds. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. You know. It's it's shaped like a dump truck, so I have to assume that it's heavy. That the back dump truck part is just aluminum. It's all empty. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's gonna be cool. Um, one of my buddies is building a Stag Ten, so it'll be like, oh, I'll be able to do a, a, a article or a video on like here's a Stag Ten versus BCL. What you get with this one, what you don't get with that one, that kind of yeah, thing. Good. It's kind of apples to oranges because unless you get the Stag Ten that's already kitted out, because he just got the receiver set and built one, and I think like that has a lot of allure to me, but it also sounds really expensive because you got to buy all these little parts. You got to go buy a buffer tube and a this and a that. And eventually it like racks up the cost pretty quick. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's uh, it for me. What about you, Kelly? I went and did what I've been wanting to do for about a month now. I went you got a tattoo. Stuff. I did. No, I went to the SFRC. I went and saw Marcy. She said she saw you, by the way, Trevor. She did see me. (laughs) And and frankly, I was a little frightened. I was all excited. I was like, hey, you're Marcy. Oh, look, there's Ryan. Hey, guy. And they said, Trevor who? Kind of. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I, I'm Kelly's friend, Trevor. Yep. Yep, you are. Yeah. You, no. like, you want you want something or <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I was like, did, did I did I did I do something to offend them? Did I say something? I'm just gonna go away. I don't even want to find out. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> They're awesome people. They really, really are. I think I'm sure they are. Me, not always, right? So I, I can't keep track of very offensive. Yep. I can be. <laughs> yeah. I went to SFRC. They were having their um was it? No, not Boxing Day. I keep wanting to say Boxing Day. Black Friday. <laughs> the Black Friday weekend sale thingy on. So I went and took advantage of that. It's 16% off. I got ammo. I actually picked up X Metal nine millimeter because somebody else won't send me any. So I picked some of that up and I got 16% Woo! off. Oh, I'm nice. not naming names, but his name starts with T and ends with an R. So <laughs> I'm kidding, Trevor. Uh, the other thing that I did was I ordered a new extractor for my 1022 from there. It's going to be in this week. So that'll be good. And SFRC, uh, what we're doing at um, Maple Seed, we're doing the monthly challenges and we're now linking it to a sponsor and what we're doing, somebody who sponsors Project Maple Seed. So what we're doing is we're giving away, um, whoever shoots the challenge that month gets entered into a random draw and then they get to win stuff. And SFRC donated stuff for that as well. So I picked that up. So they gave me some swag. So that's awesome because they're my favorites. And what else did I do? Oh, yeah. On Sunday, Napanee, it, Napanee Gun Club, I actually uh, wanted to join that. So I went and spent three hours on the range doing no shooting whatsoever. We did orientation. So what I got to do was I walked in and it was kind of like cheers. You know how they say norm. Well, it was kind of like Kelly. Saw a bunch of people that I knew. Um, so uh, I went and did that. Um still had a good time even though that we didn't have any shooting uh i love the range uh the range actually nap napanee gun range is super supportive of project maple sea they're super supportive of the ccfr and especially the ladies day events they have the best pies ever by the way um so i wanted to join the club we used to i i used to belong to the club as a as part of a family membership um but let that go um but as i said i wanted to support the club because they're supportive of us. And uh, also because of the fact that I went to Frontenac a couple times last year and the Frontenac was booked, booked solid, so we couldn't shoot. So it's always good to have some place else to go shoot that's pretty close. They're about a half an hour from my place. So, and it's a really, really good club. So, uh, what did you do? I went and had my orientation. I'm able to go right now and shoot non restricted. I don't have to have any of like at Frontenac, you have to have um, these uh, probationary shoots, but at, uh, at uh, Napanee, you do not. But I do, I'm not allowed to shoot any non, or not allowed to shoot any restricted, so I'm not allowed to bring any pistols. They're going to have what about an AR 15? Nope, not until I attend a handgun course. It's hour long and I get to go and show them that I can shoot a pistol. Basically, I'm not allowed so to bring any restricted whatsoever. What if you had a black badge? Yep. No. So I said to them, okay. Unbelievable. So I said, all right, here I have, you know, Ontario, I... are you listening? You're the funniest province <laughs> in Canada. Okay. You make so... up stuff for the sake of making it up to 
saddle your members with bureaucracy because you guys just love bureaucracy. It's a great club. Send your not, hate mail to Trevor Furlot at gmail.com. Ontario, <laughs> you're funny. Okay, sure, you suck. It's it's not the only province that's yeah. like it's that not, has. I think it's like around holsters outside and... of Quebec. It's the worst oh, one. They're, you're allowed holsters. You don't have to have a, a holster course or anything like that. They just want to make sure that you know how to shoot a pistol. I don't know. So I'm going to go and do that in January. But until then, I'm. But the funny thing is, when I was part of the family membership, I'd go and shoot pistol there all the time. But that's just saying. Uh, the other thing is, they will not accept any of my ATT courses that I did with. I asked. Okay, I'm going to mute myself and continue to rant <laughs> on me. <laughs> So I said, okay, so in Brockville, I did, you know, the old um, ATT course that was required by the CFO. They said, nope, we, we, we understand that you've taken it and we know that you're competent. By the way, I'll, I'll tell you about it in just a second. Um, we know that you're competent, but we just need to cover our, you know, CYA. We would like to make sure that all of our members are able to shoot appropriately restricted. Yeah, I understand I, totally. Trevor's, Trevor's screaming at the uh, at the <laughs> mic right now, but uh, at least they have a method for you to do it. Exactly. It, is it convenient? Do they do it like once a month, once every two weeks? So everybody that joined, they had a list. You had to sign up. So they have, uh, I, there was four different days and there was, it was an hour piece. So they were doing four times that day, like on a Saturday and then the next Saturday and then the Sunday and the Sunday. So you picked one of the courses, you come in, it's an hour long, you go and, sh you know, shoot a pistol and then you're good to go. That's it. So they have a frequent ab ability to do this. Like, I, I know you disagree, Trevor, but at least well, they have, they have a thing. They like, they, they don't accept any other uh, holster qualification <laughs> because they don't control what goes on in those certifications and, and what happens yeah, in there. I get all that. And, you know, they do a one hour thing on a Saturday and it sounds like they have lots of spots for you to show up. Yep. It's yeah. not ideal, but if no. uh, the club wants to be super duper safe, at least they're offering some convenience they're around getting shoot. qualified. You are right. They're, they, they do have these rules that, I'm not so sure necessary, but at least they are making it accessible and just saying, and, and you know, they're saying at least they're not like going way to the extreme and saying you can't shoot a handgun at our club. And the only time you can draw from a holster is if you're wearing chaps and a cowboy hat, like, come on, yeah. at least they're not doing that. They just want for their own peace of mind. Yep. That's what it is to have to, to for themselves, see that you're competent with a firearm. I, you know what? If I ran a private range, you'd want the same. Yeah. So, yeah. So, a little backstory to that: they've had some issues in the past too. Well, so yeah. There you this go. Is, this is a good idea, and it's not. Well, so, it's not a good idea, but it's an idea. It's not so inconvenient that it's just impossible to get there. So, however, someone of your, you're an instructor for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, someone well, that's, who. That's the funny thing. So. I, like went I there. walk in there, training coordinator for Ipswich, New Brunswick, and I would be treated the same. Yep. And it's a little ridiculous. Yep. So there was probably half a dozen people there from corrections who, you know, they qualify yearly on pistol, shotgun, rifle. Yeah, same they thing. Ha they have to go through it. Crap. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of questions afterwards, and people were asking these questions. They were asking me, and I'm going, I'm, I'm new here, but... I think it's because everybody knew me that they're asking me. Anyways, I said, no, they need to answer these questions. Um, but 
Monique was answering the questions, then she'd look over for, at me for confirmation. I'm shaking my head yes, and then she'd go back. <laughs> it was cute. It was funny. But yeah. Anyways. Yep. Uh just to let you know about Napanee, anybody who's in the area as well who wants to go and try uh, trap, they don't require you to have a membership. You can go out on Sunday afternoons and you can go and shoot some trap. You don't even need equipment or anything. They will actually give you the equipment. They want people to come out and shoot trap. They want to grow oh. that sport. So That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go and try it out. I'm not that great at trap. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, I ordered your Christmas presents, by the way, you guys. So they'll be coming to you soon. And mm. also to the U.S., the people, you know, Tim Crosno, they'll, it, they'll be coming soon. Calendars. Wait, did you send a Canada Post? No, they're, <laughs> they're, I think they're coming to me by Purolator or FedEx. If you ship them to me anyway other than Canada Post, make sure. Make sure. Oh, you won't get it. Canada make sure. Never mind. <laughs> make sure what? Nope. Nothing for you. It'll, it'll get there. It'll get there. Kelly, or don't won't. worry about it. Or, or won't. I, or won't. No, we'll, Camp Park won't get there. Pure later won't get there. I guess we'll never know because you wouldn't let me finish. What do you want? You need, you need a local guide. You need to give it to someone where it's like, talk to Fred. Fred knows Trevor. He'll meet him up over on this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> He'll take the and- trail. Anything sent other than Canada Post has to be marked safe drop because if they leave a door knocker, I'm not driving an hour to get it. I don't care what it is. It can go back. Okay. I can, no... I can write that on there. It's no problem. It hasn't come yet. So see, see how hard that was? No. It's like you I cut you off. <laughs> Listen, Matthew's not here <laughs> and he doesn't need to be here in spirit either. All right. The last thing I did is... This is like a PSA to you guys. Glasses. I remember last week, Adriel, when I was saying, here, you read this because I can't see. Well, I literally can't see. My glasses are now to the point where they're opaque. I, um, <laughs> You know, this summer when I've, I've been, okay, you need to wear glasses. They should be safety glasses, but I need glasses to see. But you should be wearing glasses because I would be laying down on a shooting mat beside people while they were, you know, shooting and looking at their trigger finger and all that. So I would get blowback or gas on my face, right? So I'd also get it on my glasses. And now my glasses are (laughs) so opaque that I've I've actually gone and ordered a set of of shooting glasses. Really? Maybe I shouldn't have thought. Um, Kelly, have you tried contacts and um, like good quality shooting glasses like Oakley's or something? Yeah, I know. You know what? It, it'd be great if I could wear contacts, but I can't. My eyes are that bad. Astigmatism. Yeah. I can't. I so just, I, I just got. Um, I've got safety glasses, and I've just got a whole bunch of these Chinese uh, like glasses holders. Yep. This one's for when it's bright. This one's for when it's not. So I've got like clear, and I got a tinted, and. Uh, I got I got like six of these things. Why don't you just get a set of Rudy projects with three or four different lenses in the kit, $250 and you're done. I have had expensive purpose. glasses before and I would ratch them. I used to yeah. wear glasses uh, before I got laser surgery, right? I would ratch them. So I'd rather have cheap ones, treat That's them like exactly mistreat it. them, ra- like beat them up, not so, care about them. It's not even the case that's made in China. The safety glasses you wear are made in China. No, they're just like your standard okay. shipper okay. supply kind of things, right? right. 
So Kelly, you got prescription safety glasses? Well, no, I got prescription glasses, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, hold it. I need a set for sheeting as well. I'm not going to, you know, and he said, well, if you order it tonight, I'll give you $50 off, right? Because you're ordering mm -hmm. a second set. And it was like the cheapest lenses, the cheapest, cheapest glass or frames. And I said, do it. Because that way I can put those in my bag and I can wear them, right? And then I have another set that I can wear every day. Yeah. One thing that is nice is like an anti-fog coating. Because if it gets hot yeah. or like sweaty in the summertime, like anti-fog's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Well, I ordered um, the last time I got glasses. I also picked up a set of 3M prescription safety glasses. Safety. The only problem is um, they kind of look like something Elton John would wear, and I was wearing them on the I've range. I've seen one. them. You've yeah. a video with them. I've seen yeah. them. Yeah, I don't know where they are. Honestly, I don't. I don't know where they are, and I should find them because I just had the cool idea. But I'm wearing them on the range, and uh, two of my Ipsic um, uh, companions are coming towards me, and they look at me, and um, one guy says, uh, "Nice glasses. Do they sell menswear where you got them?" And I've never worn them since. But it just occurred to me: if the lenses are removable, I can get them seracoded. The glasses? Yeah, what? the frames. Oh, the. Yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, it, it's a high gloss, though, isn't it? White. The the glasses are yeah. The frame the, the frames are are white with kind of like this like yeah, like pattern on them. They're clone trooper. Just tell uh, them. They're no, they're not though. That's the thing. They're not. But I could make them clone trooper. I could I could add some black in the right places and. Mm. So yeah. Anyway. I just thought it'd be important to tell everybody wear your safety glasses. And for those of us that are blind as bats, which is me, um, and you have to wear regular Correct glasses. If, yeah. Just get a cheap pair. And that way you're not ruining your everyday glasses. It was very I, expensive this week. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 with all due respect, I disagree because um, like you can't trust your eyes to a cheap pair of glasses. You no, need something that's, that's realistic rated. So yeah. And that's why I went to the prescription safety glasses because although ranges would let me shoot with these glasses, I don't want to take a piece of shrapnel to this lens and I certainly don't have any coverage on the side. So mm, how much were they? They were they were like less than one fifty. Oh serious. Yeah. You get side shields hmm. too. If you if you like especially for your cheap pair there, Kelly, that you're gonna put in your range bag and just beat up and abuse, you can get side yep. shields for like nothing. Yep. And but what what you're doing though, Kelly? If if you're just doing maple seed shooting, like exclusively yeah. just maple seed, your risks are so low. Yeah, you know that regular corrective lenses should be okay. But for those of us running and gunning and on on ranges with other people, yeah. Okay, that's everything that I did in guns this week. Awesome news. Adriel, why don't you take what you posted with the gun nuts? Yeah, the uh, the first one that, that's kind of interesting is uh, the U.S. Army comparison of key uh, key mod versus M lock. Uh, this showed up on I think I saw this on Reddit. Maybe have you guys read this? Did you guys take a look into this? I I, I heard that the U.S. Army did a test of key mod and they they chose M lock and I was like, eh, I don't know if that's a real thing. I, I did not follow. I I care so little about key mod and M lock and yeah no. I know people don't like key mod because it looks like there's little dicks on your on your rails and that's uh that's the main objection. 
but apparently that's not the only one because uh, there's, there's study... more. There's more What's available that? in MWOC too, right? There's more stuff being made right now. Well, there wasn't for the longest time because like Keymod was was earlier and um, yeah. like for, okay for a while there was no modular forums or the or the modular forums are all using proprietary rail systems. Uh, then Keymod came out. Um, uh, and then MLock came out because they wanted to attach to more plastic things because yep. it was uh, uh, Magpul, right? Uh, turns out that the MLock system is uh, more reliable, more durable, handles more. Uh, easier. So the US Army. Easier? Yeah, it's a little easier. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to slide yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the US Army bought like a bunch of different rails and subjected them to all sorts of kind of abuses and, uh, and released the study here. And uh, yeah. Uh, the M-Lock did better in all the things. So. So, M-Lock, I guess. M-Lock. Yeah. If, you, if you got a key mod uh, rail, sorry, you got the wrong rail. And uh, now you have to throw it in the garbage. And yeah. it doesn't work anymore, basically. Nope. Nope. Mods has been tested. They all, f- nope. Done. Nope. I knew there was a reason why I didn't like key mod. I didn't realize it was the penis what? thing. <laughs> I guess subconsciously, I was like, "There's just oh, something about that." That, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of penis, so, who wants to talk about dick sporting goods? Uh, you know that could have been a good transition. <laughs> it was. Like, I thought it was a good. You were right at the line and you fumbled. I know. Like you, you were skating in with no defenseman anywhere, and you tripped over the blue line. <laughs> It was a good lead-in. It, it Dick's, was a great Dick's lead-in. Sporting Goods uh, took a took a sales loss. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So, what happens uh, when you take stuff out of the store and say, "No, we're not going to market to them." Hey, if, them, you, if you're a gun store and you have anti-gun policies, this is kind of what happens. Yes. Oh, Flaherty's. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. What? Yeah. So. so yeah. I apologized almost as fast as they did. <laughs> oh, we're going to get hate mail. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods lost 4.5%. So basically $1.8 billion. No, that was their total sales. Oh, that was a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. A 4.5% loss for, for a retailer, though, is huge. huge. Like, you think about your margins in that business... It is uh, it is thin, and uh, yeah, they got uh, they got a good shellacking. They were talking about maybe just getting rid of all their hunting stuff entirely, just right. being like an outdoors store. So good. Yeah, didn't they say you couldn't actually shop there unless or buy a gun there unless you were twenty one? That was the big thing. They had people yeah. who were act- who were actually working there behind the counter who said, "I'm done." Yeah, not even uh, Walmart yeah, you can, the same thing. You can vote. You can go kill people for the army, but you can't drink and buy guns. America. Yeah, it's weird. There's uh, there's a lawsuit going on right now in the states. Someone. Yeah, discrimination the... lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, age discrimination. Yeah, give me a break. He can go fight for his country, but he can't buy a gun. Nope. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so yep. good on dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well then, CCFR, the new logo. What do you guys think? I think if you take the um, Canada Hockey Players mm-hmm. Association logo mm-hmm. and you cross it with the NFA logo, you get our new logo. You get the baby. 
It looks better though. Oh yeah, we make everything better. CCFR. Yeah. yeah. It's very clean. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is very clean and you can tell exactly what it is. I think it's mm-hmm. subliminal as well because everybody knows what that hockey logo looks like and loves it, right? So let's put it with, mm. you know, a gun and now we we'll should love that play too. hockey with guns. <laughs> <laughs> Pucks are good targets. Pucks are fantastic targets. Did you hear about the school that issued pucks to their staff in case of a mass shooting? Are you kidding me? There was another one where they wanted wanted students to keep soup cans in their desk to throw at the shooter. I'm sorry. It's just targets. What if if you eat the soup? (laughs) Then you're out of a weapon. What if you're from the inner city? You're hungry. Craft dinner? Billy's can didn't fly very far because it was empty. <laughs> You're, everybody turn on Billy. Oh, it's not Billy funny. gets a can to the head. Oh, the that'd be bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Adriel, you have the next one as well. Yeah. The uh, You remember that uh, survey you guys all filled out? Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that something? Us. What a surprise. Yep. Now, there's two ways to look at this. One, it might have been the form software, and it's just something that, like, I'm in, I'm in digital marketing. It might just be something that uh, that they did as a matter of course, right? Uh, or they logged your IP so that they could track you. Yeah. And either, either are possible. They, they could have done either one of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little backdoor. Just saying. A little bit, yeah. All right. Man is suing West Vancouver police for antique collection destroyed by police. I didn't even hear about this. What's this all about? Me either. It was a lot. He had a whole bunch of antique guns, like really old stuff, uh, really pricey, nice stuff. And uh, they sent it to a metals place to be destroyed and turned back into metal and stuff. Do you you know the background? Yeah. What's the background, Adriel? How how did they end up in in the police? Uh, possession anyway. First right, place. Let's uh, let's just get into the article here. Yada yada yada. He's suing uh, the police department as well as the steel recycling plant. In December 2013, a North Vancouver judge ordered him to far forfeit a large collection of modern pistols and shotguns, but allowed his collection of 42 antiques to be transferred to a London-based auction house owner. Upon mm, what, uh, uh, hold on, if they're not firearms, why did he have to transfer them? Like he must have had a weapons prohibition. Sorry, keep keep going. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, upon ob- obtaining all necessary important exporter uh, permits, but according to his suit, that never happened. He attempted to obtain the release to him of the gun collection uh, pursuant to the provincial court order, but the defendant and other uh, police department members responsible for the caretaking of the uh, gun collection did not assist him in assisting the release of it. Uh, despite his uh, requests for assistance and uh, without notice to the plaintiff, without his authorization or consent, they sent it to Richmond steel to be destroyed. Uh, 23 antique black powder pistols, seven black powder rifles, five antique walking canes capable of firing a single shot two Flavel brothers, antique dueling pistols, two different uh, black powder dueling pistols, one antique musket capable of firing a single shot, one antique sword with a black powder pistol, and an 1873, uh, sorry, 1837 six shooter. He, he estimates the guns had an approximate value of $140,000 US. Wow. And they sent it to the smelters. 
Yeah. Wow. It's it'd be interesting to get even more of that backstory. Just, yeah. 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 I wonder. I mean, the, so the, the 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 judge said, "Yeah, give him back his these guns so he can sell them at auction." And instead, they trashed him. They said, right, "So, so he he must have had some kind of weapons prohibition because he was told to sell them. So they were going to let mm-hmm. him sell his property. Yep. And instead, they destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Might be a costly mistake. Yep. Or it might be Canada, and they say, "Meh, bounce hand." Maybe. Well, uh, they went again. They went against a uh, judge's orders. That's pretty serious. True, true story. The Ontario CFO does it all the time, and nothing happens to them. So mm. there's okay. real money on the line here, though. 140 grand. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm just saying that if he has that much money invested in guns, he has enough money to actually sue the Vancouver police. Mm-hmm. That's my assumption. So the next one is, there's a story that's going around, and it is in the uh, Star Phoenix, which is out of uh, Saskatchewan, and they're writing up, uh, they did a quite a good article, and they also did a video, and in the video, Yolanda Boisan, who's friends of ours, right, Trevor? Yes. Yep, seeing it. Okay. Uh, it is an article that's been going around with respect to shooting in Canada, specifically in uh, Saskatchewan, how the how more women are, are shooting and how it's actually uh, pumping up the numbers for shooting in Canada. So it's a really, really good article. It's well written and it does, as I said, have um, video in it as well. And they take all kinds of different aspects. Uh, they have air pistols. They have shot uh, people who are actually hunters. They do feature, as I said, they uh, have Yolanda. Yolanda shooting three gun. That's it. Yep. It's not, nothing else. I mean. <laughs> they do have Yolanda. A couple of pictures of her shooting. Um, and she made it through the whole video without the grand power and her holster malfunctioning, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, we're just going to move on from that comment. <laughs> you're just it, you're just in that kind of a mood today, Trevor. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next one that I I'm going to take this as well. Uh, so, um, Fire, Firearms Outlet of Canada announced that Tapcom will be taking place in the International Center, which is in Toronto, out on Dixon Road, from September 7th to the 9th. And registration is going to be happening in the new year, they said, basically. So stay tuned for that. But that's exciting because I'm going back to that. That was one of the best shows that we we did. And I'm kind of hoping that everybody will come out to it. That's that one that they did at uh, Firearms um, Outlet, where they were expecting 300 people and 6,000 uh-huh. people showed up. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> it was freaking awesome. So I'm hoping it's, that it's it's going to become Canada's um, shot show. Yeah. Yep. It'll be exactly that. And but question, and I'm not totally familiar with the format. Um, a shot show, you can't buy anything. All right. So yeah. at this one, you couldn't thing? either. Okay. So what you did was because it was all the um, it was all of the dealers that actually supplied fire. You had to actually go into the show. You got to see all the new cool things, and then you got to go into the store and then buy it or order it. Okay. So is it dealers that have booths set up or manufacturers? Because both. Or, sorry, both? no. It was manufacturers, okay. but 
at the new show, it's going to be it's going to be not just them, but it's going to be dealers, it's going to be retailers, it's going to be everybody. I believe. Oh wow! Okay. That's that's what Fred was saying. He said because it's going to be at the international center, it's going to be huge. Hmm. Which is the international center is a convention center. It's where they have, um, you know, the Toronto Sportsman Show, different things like that. So okay. it's going to be huge. So very different than the the format of North Silva, where North Silva only invites North Silva dealers. And they meet with the manufacturers. So right. like CZ was there from Czechoslovakia. Like right. CZ was there. Right. Uh, Fausti was there, I heard. Who? Fausti. Who was that? Shotguns. Oh, that. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's hotter, the guns or her. Well, it's two sisters, right? Yes, it is. Right. Only she was alone this year. They were both right. there last year. There was, there's a, there was a death in the family. So she was there, and uh, she gave she gave Marcy a, a little something-something, a little bling. It was awesome. She showed me on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. What there, kind of shotgun are you talking about? They make shotgun. really high-end high Italian shotguns, like over under side-by-side. Side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean high I, end. Like they they retail in the five three, three to five. Yeah. Kelly Kincaid has one. She has a side by yeah, it's a side by side. And it's beautiful. I've shot it multiple times. It's beautiful. Yeah. Amazing, amazing shotgun. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh Adriel, why don't you talk about what uh oh, I just wanted to bring it up because it's been making the rounds on Facebook. But did you guys see this really? the video of the guy doing the pistol karate? No. On the on the dummy with his handgun and sweeping his hand and then pulling the trigger like right after. Yeah, what does... <laughs> it's so super dangerous. No, we gotta. I gotta say that. Uh, you haven't seen it, Kelly? No. Oh my I've god! Been I get this like more than the Lars Larson video for the love of God. <laughs> is this you one know? old or is this like recent? It's this week. Seen... No, okay, it's this good. week. Yeah. Okay. No, it's awful. It's it's absolutely awful. Um, they should find this guy and take his guns away because he's hashtag too dumb to own guns. And yeah, he totally sweeps his wrists and pulls the trigger like a split second afterwards. Yeah. Like if he keeps this foolishness up, he's going to pump one into his hand. Yep. And I kind of want that to happen because he's an idiot and he deserves it. But if you don't don't want that, I do. I do want him to shoot himself, but I don't want him to shoot anybody else. No, dumb people are dumb. What do you mean? I don't want him to shoot himself. Because what happens is it looks, makes us look bad too. Right. Oh yeah. yeah oh, you that. make a pretty good argument. I know. Well, maybe we could just arrange that he falls downstairs, <laughs> then lands on a bullet. I don't. Know. Anyway, I'm sure the the shellacking he got from the gun community uh, will correct the issue that he had, which was uh, uh, acting oh. like an, an idiot on online with with a gun in his hand. Oh god! I yeah. Really, really got to look at this because I think I have. Oh, he was like. Going like this and pulling the trigger and like Kelly, and pull, Kelly, you know, and... you know the you know the um, kung fu um, practice thing that's the the post with the sticks on it and you yeah. you move around. That's what he's doing, mm. you know. And as Mister Miyagi would say, uh, "Stick no shoot back." <laughs> so but he the shoots way, the stick. Nunchucks <laughs> are a prohibited weapon. Yeah, yes. stop rubbing that in. Mm-hmm. I'm still upset about that one. Why you gotta? Drag up the pass. Okay, what's next? New gun stuff. Hey, SRM 1216. Uh, this has been out for a while. This, this is a, a semi-automatic shotgun. It's got a tube of tubes. Oh, we're talking about this? Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. This is a, like, 
It's a cool shotgun. It was cool. All right. When it came out, how long ago did it come out? Stop. Long enough that it should be better than it is. I held this thing at the North Silva show, and it's cheaply made and junky. And I would take a Turkish single shot shotgun before this thing. I don't like it. It's cheap. And they pin the they screwed up the magazine. Five hundred dollars. It's not worth. How much? It's worth. It's a. It's worth five hundred dollars. Like it's ridiculous. It would be novel if the RCMP would have interpreted rotating that cylinder as a mag change. But since it doesn't actually come out of the gun and go back in, they did not rule that rotating as a mag change. And that's what the guy who was working. I thought they come out and go back in. No, you you put this the you put that you put that magazine into the gun. It snaps mm-hmm. in, and okay. after you empty one tube, you reach down and you rotate it to the next tube, and then they feed from that tube, and so on and so on. It's a manual feed, like you you so you you shoot through. How many are in each tube? Uh, four, five? Four, four, or five? four, four, four. Okay, okay so you you shoot your four, and then yep. you actually manually have to turn the tube. Yes. Correct. Well, and that's it, that's like. It's not considered a mag change according to RCMP, Kelly, because you don't actually physically remove uh, those cylinders and then replace. Yeah, but it's manual. Yeah. It's doesn't, not. It doesn't matter. It's a semi-automatic action, and it feeds from a tube. And when that tube is empty, you don't. You actually just rotate the tube to the next one. So as far as the RCMP is concerned, and I'm not defending them here, they don't consider that a mag change because the, the, those those tubes that hold the ammunition are not removed and replaced with fresh tubes. You just simply And the tubes are all right. connected. They're yes, all connected. They one all thing connected. that's connected. That's I right. bet if they were separate tubes and you had a little coupler that went in the middle, you could yeah. do that. Maybe. Because you think about like the uh, Matador Arms has a uh, uh, the the little the mag coupler coupler. there. Right? Yeah, but you're actually physically removing the magazine from the firearm and you're holding all coupled tubes oh, yeah, mags in your hand. You're not removing anything here. You're just rotating it. I'm not familiar enough with the that part of the criminal code to know what the what the ruling is. Oh, there's you know, it's, it's an interpretation by the RCMP. Like, I mean, there's nothing in the criminal code of the Firearms Act that probably covers mag changes. There'd yeah. be detachable magazines. So, Give it time. the way they um, the way they geared the capacity for this is even though it's got four tubes, um, instead of making it so that all five rounds fit in one tube, instead of making it that all five rounds of three inch fit in one tube. They made it so it's three in one tube and two in the other. And I then I suspect that was done with hunting regulations in mind. Mm-hmm. So um, and so you can still flip it. Yeah. So the yeah. capacity the capacity situation's lame and this the quality of the firearm didn't impress me. I I'd much rather a KSG or a DP twelve or something over this. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they're coming in. Now that we've just basically trashed it. <laughs> well, I, I trashed it. I yeah. Say we. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's lame. And you physically held it, so. I physically yeah. held it, yeah. NSA and Guns. Threw up oh, a little sorry. bit in my mouth. So, yeah, NSA Guns is NAS. getting F. What? NAS? NSA. Oh, I have NSA. NSA on the show. NSA is something else. Okay, so there's a dealer called NAS Guns, their business member on CGN. They've announced that they will have 14 FX9 non-restricted carbines ready for pickup or shipping next week. Well, that's not anything special because there are already stores that got them and sold them to people. So if you got suckered into a um, pre-order like I did, 
it was all for naught because I've got to wait till January when Derek Merriweather bought his today from the gun dealer in McAdam, New Brunswick. They had three. And so I to sell very, your pre-order or sell your, get your deposit back and go buy one. Well, they're all gone. So that's not an option for me. And, and it's going to have some 14 next week. I, I well, heard from someone. <laughs> and yeah, well, and other stores may have them in stock, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know what I did actually, instead of canceling my order, um, I do, I do like Wolverine. I do like the guys over there and I'm not one to back out of a deal if I can absolutely help it. And they're nice guys. They are. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and they do a lot for the community as well. So yeah. I actually, instead of canceling my order, Adriel, I paid for the gun in full today. Wow. So that's the I'll, opposite of canceling your order. That is the opposite. <laughs> and, uh, I'm annoyed that, uh, dealers got them, but I understand how it happened. Doesn't make it sting any less that I have to wait while dealers are selling them off the shelf. But uh, it is what it is and I won't do any more pre-orders. And for years, I didn't do pre-orders. And then I jumped on the SLR pre-order and that worked out great. I got like the first one in the wild. And uh, so I thought, hey, you know, you got your uh, your um, WK relatively quickly. Yeah. And I did check with uh, Wolverine. I said, hey, look, if I order this today, when am I going to get it? And they told me February. So that, you know, I had some informed consent here. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know, I accepted February. So that's why I didn't cancel and I paid for the gun. But yeah, like, if, uh, not, like this pre-order style is, is very similar to how like Google does it for their phones in October. When the new Google phone comes out, you can pre-order it or you can wait for it to show up at Rogers or Bell or whatever. And Rogers or Bell will get it fa- faster than the pre-order. Of course, of course yeah. because they're ordering, um, probably before you and ordering a lot more than you. And yeah, yep. that's true. Yeah. So that's, but, that's the way Apple does it as well. But the reality is if you've pre-ordered something, it'd be nice to fill those orders first before you. Or, uh, yeah. But who, I mean, but they've got pre-orders from companies and they, they just, they, they put them in the same bucket. I was as just, just going to say, yeah, these companies could have pre-ordered before I did. So then what can I do? It is what it is, right? That's just how this one worked. And what yeah, else so. could it be? Um, some people speculate all kinds of things that, uh, you know, people got bumped to the front of the list and all, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some companies will do a a pre-order only to customers and they'll jack the the price will be much higher. And then Mm, later on they sell through retainers, retailers, and the, the price will be lower there. So I would would rather not that happen. I like, I don't mind when they sell to retailers and, and consumers at the same time. That's the other thing. Apparently the price has changed three times on this rifle. Okay. So, price dollar wrong. changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my mine um, ten ninety nine or ten ninety five, I think, plus tax and shipping to my door was like twelve something. So <laughs> whatever. It ended up being that. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, so the FX nine, in case the listeners aren't aware, is a new non restricted AR fifteen chambered in nine millimeter. Now, is it exactly an AR fifteen? No, but it's close enough that you won't be able to tell. And it's chambered in nine millimeter. And it's non-restricted. And going forward in 2019, um, IPSC is supposed to be getting PCC as a division. So you can go to a pistol match with this gun and compete in the same course of fire as everybody else. You won't now, be competing in the same course of fire. You'll be dominating everyone else in the course of fire. You, you know how many butthurt open guys there's going to be after guys show up with one of those and start taking over all time? It's funny that you should say that because I know a guy who is an 
accomplished shooter. He's he's master at the very least. He's a master in IPSC, and he was laying down some runs with his open gun on a plate rack, and then he grabbed his PCC and bested his times. Wow. So yeah, it started off PCC in USPSA was for like non-competitive people started to go over there, and then all of a sudden some accomplished competitive shooters went over. And you're right, they're just destroying it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm committed to compete at the Nationals on New Brunswick's Classic team. And then after that, if this gun runs, I may make the switch to PCC full-time. Cool. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get into the main topic? Tonight's main topic is Master of Arms. And we have Zeke on with us. All right. Welcome to Slamfire Radio. Zeke, how have you been, man? Good, man. I've been really good. Been busy. It's, well, yeah, I, I hear you've been busy. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of why I reached out. I can't wait to talk about your latest project. Um, I was joking with McClatchy, who unfortunately can't join us tonight, but I said, uh, you know, when we had Zeke and Left Hand on, we said we'd have them on again sometime. <laughs> Apparently five years. Five years ago. <clears throat> yeah. Let's start. Yeah, five years is sometime. We didn't, we didn't want to. <laughs> We didn't want to, you know, box ourselves in with any kind of commitment, but, you know, welcome. Y'all, y'all were waiting until one of us did something big. <laughs> right, right. Left hand, left hand hasn't gone anywhere, apparently. He's still doing talking lead, but look at you go. He so he, oh. He's still going with it. He's rocking it. <laughs> yeah, I hope he heard that, and I hope he uh, he sends me an angry message about that. <laughs> so, speaking of left hand, for the listeners who don't know, Zeke and a gentleman by the name of Left Hand started a little show back about five years ago, no less, called Talking mm-hmm. Lead. So, Zeke, get us caught up. Tell us about Talking Lead and where you went after that and what you're doing now. So, Talking Lead was a podcast, and we basically ripped off Trevor on every format we could possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're a firearms podcast, and... Um, I was working at a corporate job in Nashville and I was an executive there and I was burnt out. I really had no passion about it. I love the people I work with, love my boss. He and I have been friends since high school, uh, but it just wasn't my passion. And so I, I sent my resume out to a bunch of our uh, sponsors and SBI, which is against Smithing College. Um, they were one of our sponsors at the time. They brought me on, uh, worked my way up to executive vice president with them and was there for four years and uh last august not this past august but august 4th i got a linkedin message a month and a half after they sent it (laughs) hey do you want to be a part of this gunsmithing show and i looked at the date and i was like "Ah, i missed out on this but what the hell i was like sure yeah let's talk within an hour i got a message back yeah let's set up a skype audition well because it was a month and a half after and i got the response so quick i'm like this is a scam what is this? Uh, <laughs> this is not real. Okay, but I'll give them the time of day, whatever. So did the Skype audition. Uh, got a call back. They wanted me to do another one. Did that. It was a little more organized, a little more scripted. And then they wanted me to do a video walking around a cool location, picking up different weapons, not just firearms, but blades and bows and stuff like that. So I did that video, sent it back to them. Then I got a call um, saying, hey, the head of the network loves you. They want to move forward. Let's do this. I said, well, what network is it? Can you tell me more info? No, I can't tell you anything. Really? (laughs) At this point, you didn't even know what network it was? Still had no idea. So at this point, I'm still thinking it's two old guys in their garage with some handy cams. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. 
and and I'm like, what's going on here? Um, so it was months. And all this was like August to the end of September, and then nothing. Dead silence. I told my wife, I was like, probably not happening. Uh, I don't know if it ever really was happening. And then I got a call a week before Christmas. Can you be in LA tomorrow? And I said, if you're buying, I can be in LA tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, flew out to LA the next day, flew in. Um, and we're, I'm sitting there with one of the, the VPs of the production company. And they're feeding me lines, want me to say them back, uh, having me say them different ways. And about an hour and a half in, I, I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, can I cuss on those radio? No, not this one. Sorry. Okay. I'm not trying to be a euphemism for a male appendage, but <laughs> <laughs> I, is this normal for an audition process? This has been like, we're going on two hours. And he kind of like stopped and he looked up and he was like, audition, dude, you're the host of the show. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. They're so organized, uh, so, eh? Yeah. That's Hollywood. Uh, yeah. So at that point, they said, we'll call you to get chemistry tests set up. So chemistry tests are basically, they bring in all the potential cast members. And oh, I thought they, were actually, thought they were legit testing your blood, which would be acceptable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they bring everybody in, see who has the best on-air chemistry. Um, we had about nine or ten of us there. And then we got the call a month after, that was February. Got a call a month after that saying who the lineup was. We're flying out you're on the show by the way it's discovery channel and that's when my jaw dropped and my heart fell to my feet and i was like uh okay <laughs> this is legit <laughs> and and at this point have they told you the name of the show no no well no yes yes they had they had at the sizzle reel when i was filming the thing in la Okay, so let's take a, let's take a step back because we haven't actually said the name of the show yet, and there may be some oh. listeners who haven't put it together yet, right? So <laughs> t- tell us the name of the show that you're hosting. The name of the show is Master of Arms. It's Master. a Discovery Channel competition, weapons building competition. Awesome. All right, carry on, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty in a little bit. <laughs> so you find but, out it's Discovery, your jaw hits the floor. Yeah, and even even though I knew... And even though I negotiated my contract with Discovery Legal, I still didn't feel real. I mean, it, it didn't feel real until I walked on the set because, you know, I had I had to wipe my computer screen because there was a wet spot right on Trevor's nose. <laughs> so I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, please don't spit um, on me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I was still kind of like, I'm going to get there and this is going to be some low budget crap it's not going to be good and we walked on set and from me doing the youtube days i kind of get geeky when it comes to cameras and audio and editing and everything and i walked in and there were a lot of high-end sony cameras and then i turned to the corner and there's the brand new phantom slow-mo camera and i was like oh my god i know what that is and the director for photography looked at me he goes yeah, it's it's a phantom. It's the slow-mo. Like, it was nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, this is real. <laughs> and uh, it, it, and at that point, it, it got real. And uh, But it was fun. The, the only time I was really nervous was the very first episode when I first walked out and I said, welcome to the armory, and then those first few little things I said. Uh, after that, it was just like, it was almost like we were doing Talking Lead again, just in competition format. So it was real cool. 
All right, so let's get into that competition format. The show is called Master yeah. of Arms, and it's a mm -hmm. weapon building show where you can build weapons from history, and we're talking all over the gamut, actual yeah. weapons that existed in history, and you have your contestants recreate them. But tell us about how the competition in each in each episode is laid out. Like, what's so the structure? They, yeah, when when we first walk out, we welcome them there. We, I introduce Ashley, who is our historian. And she is the curator for the Cody Firearms Museum, which is one of the largest firearms museums in the world. And and she basically <laughs> goes to your navel. Yeah. She well, that's like, that's with her standing on a box. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you got you got Zeke. Zeke, you're what, like six six? Six seven. Yeah, six six seven. six seven. Yeah, yeah, depending on what I'm wearing. <laughs> right. And Ashley is two foot three inches? Like is she, <laughs> yeah, is she, she legally is five a foot person? even. Five foot even. <laughs> she is five, I am a foot and seven inches taller than her. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Yep. But she and she's definitely qualified. Yes. Tell us again. Oh yeah. She's really she has more in that brain than all of us on the show combined. It's impressive. And then we have Trenton Ty, who is our master craftsman. He's been a blacksmith for over twenty years. Uh, built numerous types of weapons. And then we have a tester at the end for the final mate for the final build. Who is a former armor for me? Wow, for me, good job, Zeke. <laughs> former Army Ranger sniper uh, Nicholas Irving, and he's an amazing guy too. So we introduce everybody, and I tell them, okay, you're going to have a quick draw challenge. You'll have anywhere from four to six hours, and we tell them right there um, to build X weapon, and that's when Ashley reveals it. She gives the historical background of the weapon, what it was used in, and Trent tells him. Okay, this is how you are going to have to build it. This is the material you have to make make it with. Uh, and then I give them a little more parameters and tell them to get on it, and they go forward. And after they get through that, we deliberate. We send one of them home. Then they have the master build challenge, and that's where the we'll give, I'll give away the first episode if anybody hadn't seen it because you should have seen it by now. <laughs> right. But so they start off building battle axe. And they're all excited. Yeah, I think the majority of them had been blacksmiths before. And then all of a sudden, Ashley goes, all right, for your next challenge, boom, you got to take that battle axe and attach it to a flintlock pistol. <laughs> and the looks, the looks on their faces are just like, ah. <laughs> so That's not even a thing. Oh, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And it's impressive. Like uh, tomorrow night's episode, I didn't even know this was a thing. We're doing a flintlock grenade launcher. Oh, man. And I had no idea that existed, and apparently it did. Up until that point, most of what you were building was legal in Kanakistan, but yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> well, you know what? It probably is legal. It's just a large bore flintlock. <laughs> That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, so and don't put grenades in it, is what you're saying, if you live exactly. north of the right. And, gotcha. and okay. what it, they call it a flintlock grenade launcher. Basically, it was a flintlock hand cannon. Yeah. Even though there actually was a hand cannon, so they don't call it that. Uh, what they would do is they would put cannonballs or something in there, coconuts even, with explosives, light a fuse, and shoot it. Uh, it was not used very well. It actually sucked as a weapon. So <laughs> where it actually saw the most use was in the pirate times. And what the pirates would do is they'd, they'd uh, take yarn or rope or something, soak it in uh, tar, wrap it into a ball, light it on fire, and shoot it at the, the sails of the other ships. Huh. So it would burn the sails down. So it did see some use, but not functional war use outside of pirating. <laughs> cool. 
Pirate guns. <laughs> Learned something about pirate guns today. And Zeke, Zeke, I noticed um, something that I'm not used to seeing in this style of competition show is interaction between the contestants and uh, a host. And, and, and the one that I noticed uh, most notably was was Trent coming over and talking to the contestants and saying, so what's your plan here? Is it going the way you want to? And kind of offering a little bit of feedback. Um, that's yeah. That's a different twist. Now, is that something that happens all throughout the season? It does. Uh, every episode. There's, there was another one that happened um, while they're in the workshop, but it ended up getting cut, uh, cut out for time. And it was more just, I mean, you y'all know me. I, I like goofing off and busting people's chops. <laughs> and I would go over to the workshop. I'd walk in for about a minute and a half, bust their chops, see if I can get some giggles and laughs, and then I'd walk out. Um, right. I, I, and now that I'm seeing the flow of the show, I get it. It wouldn't have worked. It it, it just didn't fit the format. Gotcha. Um, but Trent goes down every episode and talks to them. I, and they haven't used it yet, but I kept calling it the Trent trot. <laughs> I was like, Trent, it's time for a Trent shot. Go down there. <laughs> so where are um, you guys? Where, where are the three of you while they're, while they're doing the, uh, the quick draw? We're up on a catwalk looking down on where they're working. And so you're legit up there. hanging out. You're hanging out the whole time oh, yeah. down there. Sl- wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're up there looking down on them. You can't um, just go back to the green room and pound some coffee. As, and as it got uh, later in the season and it started getting hot because we were up there by a steel roof. It was a right, big warehouse. Yeah. We, they were letting us come down because we were just drenching with sweat. And then what we would do, we still had to watch everything they did. Okay. So we would just walk down into the control room and we'd watch them on, on cameras. Uh, but even those days, we were still up there for at least two hours. If it was a four-hour deal, we were up there at least half the time, and then we'd watch the rest on camera downstairs. Um, but, yeah, the majority of the time, it's up there. Um, uh, what was I going to say about that? I don't know. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> a light came on over here, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, Squirrel. what was that? <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. That's a idea. phone. Oh, there you go. I didn't know we had a home phone, and it is ringing. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of freaked out right now. <laughs> yeah, if your home okay, phone so, that you don't have is ringing, maybe you're not in your home. Uh-oh. I don't play <laughs> guitar. What are these things? <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, uh, We've got a home phone, apparently. I thought it was just like part of what the cable company had to do to wire our internet, and apparently it works. It's <laughs> ringing. <laughs> You've not given the number to anybody, but yet already the telemarketers have it. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess so. That's so cool. that's that's interesting, uh, Zeke. I didn't realize that you guys were were actually sitting there having to watch the whole thing. I don't know if I like that. I, that sounds more like work than than getting to play on TV. Yeah, especially, especially if you're in the well, rock where the heat is. Yeah, and a lot of it boils down to legal issues. Like, did y'all ever see the show? I think it was in the '90s or the movie uh, Quiz Show. Eh, where it yeah. was like a scandal yeah. yeah there was like a scandal with old game shows where it was rigged yeah well okay. they yep. put a lot of laws in place for that now so if you have money that people can win on a game show you have to follow things by the book like you could tell some of the lines that i give are by the book like i have to say how much time they have exactly the way legal wanted me to say it. i had to gotcha. say what yeah. what they had to use exactly the way legal wanted to say it Part of that uh, is we yeah. had to watch them. Right. You know, we, I, we couldn't just leave 
come back and watch five minutes, film that, and go, yeah, that one looks cool. Right, because yeah, it, yeah, it, it, be. it is a game show. There is $10,000 on the line. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed on another show similar to yours that they they changed uh, something that they used to say um, from the early, early uh, seasons. They went on to be very specific and say, I don't care what your weapon does to this target. I care what this target does to your weapon. And that just reeked of somebody must have tried to file a suit and, and claim that their weapon did more damage and the parameters yeah. weren't laid out specifically. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you're and, right. And there are times where like, for instance, first episode is a great example of that. We clearly stated a lot of the haters on Facebook didn't hear us, I guess, <laughs> but we clearly stated it has to do damage. And Shrek's axe, while it was beautiful, it was a gorgeous axe. It actually felt like I was hitting a tree with a sledgehammer instead of a blade that was going to cut in because it was such a blunt, straight edge. So, um, but we said it had to, it had to function. It had to do some damage, and it his didn't do as much damage. And that was one of the things that kind of hurt him. Mm. Now, um, I want to get into some specifics. Uh, one thing, anyway, about a particular episode, but. Um, before I do, how many episodes will there be this season? There's eight. So we've already aired four. There's four more. Um, tomorrow night is, uh, well, if, if people listen to this after Thursday, <laughs> Friday night, uh, the up, this upcoming one is the grenade launcher. And next week, ooh, what is next week? I'm not sure what next week's going to be. But Mystery. There's, there's three more after that one. So four total left in the season. Awesome. Okay. And so I watched you flailing around with a flail. (laughs) Did you get any practice before you wrap that thing around the back of your skull for the first time? I demanded practice. (laughs) All right, good. (laughs) I wanted training because the moment I looked at it and I've got a science degree, so I'm thinking physics. Yep. That's coming back to wherever it came from. If it hits something hard. (laughs) And I even said on there, you know, I'm scared that thing's going to knock me out. And if it was Melinda's, I mean, it had spikes that long on it. And I'm like, oh, so what we found out, we did some training with it. And after it hits whatever you're hitting, you need to drop your hands. And that'll help it come down, swing back down. So that helped a lot. Dude, that wasn't even my concern. It was when you were wrapping that thing around the back of your skull. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I would totally just... I'd plant it right in the back of my cranium without any doubt whatsoever <laughs> first swing. So, so the first, as soon as I saw you wailing with that thing, I was like, no, dude had to have practice. He had to have some practice runs. Oh yeah. yeah, to learn how to, yeah you just don't pick up a flail and start flailing around with it without some, you know, some kind of practice or instruction first, because those things were lethal. Oh yeah. They were, they were, they were, up that they were more good. lethal to the user. Yeah. Than oh, yeah. they were to the people they were using them against. And that's that's one thing. Ashley was Ashley is a consummate professional historian. Mm-hmm. And she was really worried about that episode, both the quick draw and the final challenge, because technically the Joan of Arc sword is still somewhat of a myth, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it's well acceptable. The stories have been told about it. There was something that she had that was a sword, but what it looked like, how it was designed. That's all just kind of been from lore. Mm-hmm. Her being a historian, she kind of was leery about saying 
hey, it is the historical Joan of Arc sword. And it really, you know, we don't know. The other thing was the ball and chain flail because once they realized it was more deadly to the user, it got chunked in a pile of useless stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was worried about that one too. And we didn't catch much flag because it was cool looking, you know, and we knew the risks involved. So we made yeah. sure we mitigated those risks. So. But I mean, a mace would have been, you know. Yeah. Hey, we get little... season two. That might come up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about the the contestants that have appeared on the show this season. Yeah. And like, where do you find these people? Because they have to have, they're not a one trick pony. Like they've got to have all kinds of skill sets in order to compete and win. So how do you find these people? And what have some of them been like? Like who've been like your favorites? That, that was probably the toughest thing. And we didn't even have to do it, but we ended up helping because they were asking us, hey, can y'all help vet these people? Because we don't know. And the the problem in a competition like this is you'll get gunsmiths and they'll know a little bit about blades or they'll know a little bit about being a boyer, which is archery. To find someone that has done all three and can do it well is like a unicorn. (laughs) You know, it's hard to find. So each episode that we did, we paired their skills that they told us they had with those specific skill set okay so you know nobody got something that they're like i don't know what to do you know everybody had got something they had at least tried before and at least attempted and we gave them clear parameters we had we had safety guys everywhere so if if they saw okay this guy doesn't know what he's doing they would have yanked him um and then we would have sent him home uh just because there's there's a lot of liability with that You said that you give them parameters. How much notice do they get so they can do the For play? what the build is? Yeah. So is it actually the, I've seen a show. So I think it's fabulous yeah. by the way. So Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how much notice do they actually get or is it, it literally like you you tell them there and say this is what you got. This is how much time you have. This is what we're looking for or do they actually get a little bit of advance notice so that they can do some planning? First, I have bad ADD, and I have that exact same group coffee mug. (laughs) (laughs) I actually posted it on Instagram the other day. Um, But back to your question, (laughs) um, they find out what they're building and how they have to build it when I say it and when Ashley tells them what it is. I mean, that's how much notice. We make sure we know who can handle what ahead of time but they have no idea they could be getting a blade they could be getting a bow they could be getting a gun and it's surprise <laughs> so they don't know what it is but you know it's something that they have claimed to be in their wheelhouse exactly perfect exactly. yeah i mean let's yeah. face it if if you didn't do that it wouldn't be much good for television i mean no. it's a competition <laughs> but it's got to be uh entertaining and yeah. it's not entertaining to watch somebody fail completely and utterly from the word go so cool awesome all right so um anything else that you want to cover that we haven't uh Uh, oh you asked who what what the oh yeah any of the contestants that stuck out yeah they they were all just and this is the part that i kind of told discovery and the production company because they asked you know hey what kind of drama do you think we'll see and i'm like look People that are in these types of crafts, it's a brotherhood. It's a, 
if they see the next guy next to them slacking, they're going to help him out. They're probably not going to give the game to him, but they're going to pick him up, encourage him, give him a hint or a pointer on tools. And that's well, the type of people they were. They were just amazing people. But we did we did see one lady um, offer to beat a man to death with her sword. Maybe. Because <laughs> he was moving the table. So Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I, I think there was a little gamesmanship going on in Colin's part. <laughs> I, I think there was. I think he was. He saw where he could push a couple buttons and he pushed and, them. Yeah, um, and it worked. But, Somebody had to go take a timeout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Melinda's awesome. She is an amazing person. Uh, she actually lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which we found out after the fact. Oh, cool. So she's you know two hours from me. Um, but really, real cool lady. But yeah, she was getting frustrated because that was the first sword she made. She had had experience making knives, mm-hmm. uh, but that was the biggest blade she had ever forged, and it was it was stressful for her. And that kind of added. But you could see at the end. I mean, he gives her a big hug once it was over. You know, it, it was just. I mean, you're in the heat of battle. There's ten thousand dollars on the line, and you want to do the best. <laughs> so. Awesome. So anybody else that any other cool stories or, you know, something that stuck out this season <laughs> and behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, hey, can you share it? So, so Nick is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet to have been just this badass special ops sniper guy. Yep. But one of the nicest guys. And he asked me and Ashley on one of those hot days, he's like, Hey, y'all want to ask all of us. He's like, hey, y'all want a, a milkshake or something? Me and Ashley want one. Trent was like, I'll pass. So he brings us back the best milkshake milkshake I've ever had from uh, this place called Sheets up in Pennsylvania. Was there like bourbon a, in it? Yeah, what's it? No, no, no it was not okay. bourbon in it. <laughs> but apparently, Ashley found out later she actually is lactose intolerant. That day, I was <laughs> definitely lactose intolerant. <laughs> and you want to talk about the gassiest set? Ever. And at one point we're up on the catwalk and Ashley goes, Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. And I'm like, What? She goes, I just ripped one and it's nasty. <laughs> well, there's a big there is a big height difference, right? So I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it. I don't smell anything. We're talking, they're competing, and all of a sudden, like two minutes later, I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> I looked at it because I told you. <laughs> and it had taken a while to drift up to where I was. It was that was a rough day. That was, that was pretty rough. <sighs> And then when we were done and that, that, that round was over, I sprinted down the stairs and to the men's room. So. Oh, God. It was a rough one. <laughs> that's, that's your best memory, huh? That's good. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a lot of good ones. And it was fun because first season, you know, they're, they're flying by the skin of their teeth. And, you know, our green room was up above the women's bathroom. Oh, geez. On the roof of the women's bathroom. And we had curtains kind of blocking us off. So that was kind of wild, <laughs> but it was fun. It, it was fitting for us. It was cool. Um, all right. One more question, then we'll turn you loose. What was your favorite weapon from this season? Ooh. Like as far as to wield or as far as the looks and what I thought, okay, that's just amazing. That you got to lay your hands on and beat stuff to death with. Okay, the foil. Yeah. There is as dangerous as it was, and it may have been the adrenaline that was just pumping through my veins because I was scared to death. But the damage it did 
There was a six foot, you were scared to death. There was a six foot seven tall bearded man flailing around with a flat. Everyone was scared. Zeke. Everyone in that room was. Everybody, (laughs) if this is the day that Zeke snaps, we're all done. Now, there is an episode. They haven't showed what the weapon is, so I will hint towards it. It is a bladed weapon that I test, and there is ice involved. And something happens where part of me wanted to turn around and just flex like the Hulk and go, <laughs> but what came out in my body was, Oh my God, I just did that. <laughs> I was like, oh so that was probably the coolest moment personally of, of the show, but that's uh, a couple of episodes. Actually, that might be the finale. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a really, really cool one. I, there was, the, the the toughest one, the one that concerned me the most is actually tomorrow night. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't know there was a Flintlock grenade launcher. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know the history. And I was like, how are they going to do this? And we figured out a way for it to happen. And uh, it's going to be cool. Now, do y'all have, y'all have discovery like we do here? Uh, or we we get different show times and different commercials, but oh, different okay. cable companies are carrying Discovery. Yeah, for sure. It's not part of my package, so I've got to watch it online. But doesn't matter. Gotcha. Still get still yeah. getting it. So, nice. well, Zeke, it's been awesome having you on. I'm excited about this new opportunity that you have, and the show is cool. awesome, and you're awesome. And thank you so much for coming on. And um, maybe in five more years, who knows? We'll do it again. <laughs> Yeah, well, if we get season two, maybe I can come on in three and a half years. There you go. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, Thanks a lot, everybody make sure to watch. That's the big thing. And I that just is... realized your shirt is the same name as our production company, Matador. Isn't that something? Oh. Isn't that ironic? That is, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing I'm saying to every, when I go on firearms, community-related shows, is the TV world is not what I thought it was. They're more open to stuff like this than they I thought they were going to be. Um, it's all it's a business. It all comes down to numbers. That's all they care about. And if gun stuff brings numbers to their table, they will put more gun stuff on the air. And okay. for us to be able to be doing stuff with guns on the air right now, it's really important for everybody in America, of course, Second Amendment in Canada. Y'all want guns? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> We want guns. That's right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's it's important for people to support that, to show that support with viewing. Even if you think the show sucks, <laughs> at least turn your TV on Discovery when it's on, because then what happens is the TV world goes, look, that community brought numbers to our table. Let's get more of that community. So maybe next time, Hickok 45 gets a TV show. Or Slamfire Radio gets a TV show, or you know, Twenty Two Planks. You know, that's how more stuff comes. If we can't bring those numbers, the TV world goes, "See, told you, what's the use of having this in there?" So it's it's important not just for our show and our job security. It's important what's happening in the community as a whole. You know, for us to say, I mean, in in the United States alone, there's 130 million gun owners. Let's say only half of those, which this is being really conservative. Let's say only half of them are super supportive of the firearms world. So that's 65 million. If we got 10% of those 65 million, we would be the largest cable television show in the United States. Damn. 
so that's what I'm really trying to put the call of action out to our firearms world because I get it. I'm, I've been the same way with a lot of stuff. We're very guarded, you know, because we're worried about our rights. We're worried about losing stuff. And sometimes that guardedness will cause us to go, I'm not going to watch or I'm not going to go to this event or I'm not going to do this because they're out to get us or they don't really care. It's a business to them. All they care about is the numbers. We could be building ARs all day long. And if it brings 10 million people to the viewership, they'll have 20 more shows building ARs next week. <laughs> yep. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. good for their numbers, but it's good for our image. It's good for our future. Again, yeah. also somebody could start watching this and be exposed to firearms for the first time and decide, Hey, I need to build a flintlock. That's something yeah. I want to do. And next thing you know, yeah. you've got a new, a new firearms enthusiast. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's the cool thing that we're seeing. We've actually had, can you, do you remember me talking this much? <laughs> uh, we've actually had people that were on the fence about guns and they've seen it and they've been like, Hey, I had no idea the craftsmanship that went into these old guns. And, you know, we have people on our side too going, Oh, y'all are just doing this because you're scared to do black rifle. N- no, a, 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 a teenager can put together an AR in seven minutes. That's not a good TV show. <laughs> We're wanting to show good craftsmanship that takes hours, days, months being done in a short period of time and show you this amazing thing. I think we'll probably get up into, you know, even up pushing World War One, possibly some of the stuff we could do. But after that, everything was CNC's. You know, there's, there's machining and stuff. And we're not going to have a competition who can press buttons the best. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And we're, we're reaching a lot of people that probably wouldn't have had that gun knowledge or even the history behind it, uh, brought brought to their table. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, it's a great place to leave it. So to the listeners and the viewers get out there, check out this awesome show and master of arms on discovery. Zeke. Thanks a lot, man. And, uh, thank you. It'll seriously not be five years before we do this again. I promise. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> if, no. if we hit if we hit three years, I'm going to start just like jumping on your lives and trolling the whole. Time. <laughs> and, and I would expect nothing less. So, <laughs> all right, man. Take care and uh, best of luck and fingers crossed. Thank for you, you too, man. All right, appreciate it. All right, later, Thanks, man. Guys. See you. See ya. Thanks again to Zeke for coming on. Great talking to him. I've seen the show. It's a great show, too. Everybody should go and watch it on Discord. We've got TV stars on our show. I know. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, also, uh, Zeke reminded me to remind the um, the listeners and viewers uh, they should go to IMDB and write a review of the show if they're a fan. Oh, that's Uh, true, too. Yeah. And... Mm. He also confirmed that downloads does uh, count for ratings as well, or streaming rather. So, you know, watch it as uh, many different ways as you can. And and I was wrapping up the interview, and he came up with some really good stuff at the end. I'm glad that he didn't let me shut him down because all that stuff about how important getting this show traction is for the community as a whole. Yep. Totally missed that connection, and I'm so glad that he brought it up. He did an excellent job. That last part of the interview was probably the most important part of the interview. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Really important to support this show. That is correct. Uh, Why don't we do YouTube uh, listener or viewer feedback, but 
Adriel, do you Why wanna... don't we not? Because it's all over the place and we're really well, long in the tooth. Okay. I just wanted to mention that he mentioned on YouTube, uh, the listener feedback, that if you're going to stream it, you need to do it within three days to make it count. That's oh, what cool. He, that's what I... That's what he said. I was paying attention at that time. So nice. <laughs> Other than that, it's just Jeremy and Luke making fun of me. So screw those guys. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I think they're like uh, Jeremy was talking about the. I think it was the P10. He's saying, "Why did they make it uh, take CZ?" No, he was talking about the Evo. He was asking why. Uh, didn't, uh, yeah, why that didn't, makes yeah. More sense. Yep, yeah, that'd have been cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, listener feedback. This is a new one for us, guys. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers uh, hot bluing, parkerizing, seracoding finishes, as well as wood finishing. Check out his online inventory for new and used guns, firearm accessories, optics, and more at uh, dcgunsmith.ca. But he has right. he makes terrible hiring choices. <laughs> yeah. Not a good judge of character at all. Oh, don't talk about poor Remy like that. Remy's not that bad of an employee. Okay. Who's this Remy? Uh, Remy is another guy who who hangs out there and pretends uh, to work. Mostly mm-hmm. gets in the way like me. You can also follow uh, DC Armory. Sorry, you can also follow Armory DC Gunsmith on Facebook. Go to their website or go to their uh, Facebook page and on Instagram as well. I follow them; they're awesome, except for the one employee there. Why didn't <laughs> Why didn't you read the first one from Nate Trevor? Why don't you eat a bag of dicks? <laughs> <laughs> That's a key mod rail. Is that yeah, how you do that? yeah, two on a key mod rail, Kelly, and then you read the email. <laughs> no, I guess it's not going to get read. Yes, it is. Can you please read it? No. Fine. Adriel, what about you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm loving the, the tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> now, from that, <laughs> just dropping you guys a line. I hear too many episodes go by with no listener feedback. Just wanted to say thanks to all involved in making Slamfire happen. I've been a regular listener for the past six months. I really enjoy the gunny banter ringing out of my ammo box radio as they work away. And he's got a picture. I'll throw it on the uh, on the show there. Uh, another thank you to Kelly and other Maple Seed gurus. I was able to make the event in London uh, this past spring. I didn't know you guys were in the UK. And thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I also saw a huge improvement in my ability in such a short time. Can't wait to re-challenge the MQT again now that I've been able to work on my muscle memory when settling in to my NPOA. See you in 2019. Mm. Big, th- big thanks to the CCFR. The work you guys do is being noticed in both camps. Keep it up. Cheers. Nat? Nate? Nate. Nate. Okay. Yep. Nat, Nat is an insect. Don't don't call him a Nat. N-A-T? Like, I don't know. English it's has no Nate. rules. English. Oh, so he should have an E on there to be pronounced Nate. You're right. It's yeah. Nat. Mm-hmm. Nat is in short for Nathaniel, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good shooter, by the way. Mm-hmm. And we were in London, England. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Where you All got right. to use suppressors. Yes, very much yes. so. Excellent. Are you jealous? Nope. Okay. What about Edmund? Do you want to read Edmund's? Please? No, because it's all about <laughs> a bunch of I, like Edmund sending us information about Black Friday sales that but have passed. There's other things in there as well. Oh, well, you better read it then. We don't want to miss it. <laughs> no, you read it. <laughs> I'm playing Boom Beach. You read it. 
Adriel, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, the encore. Broadman Edmund. Hi, guys and gal. Great, great short Black Friday episode last week. I'd like to fill in some deals for uh, for Black Friday as well as some upcoming ones. I hope the upcoming ones are now. Yes. Uh, some of the local retailers on the wet coast of British Columbia as well as Cabela's had Federal or American Eagle or Blazer brass black packs on sale for flat Black Friday. For 120 bucks, you could buy a 300 round pack of 223, 500 round pack of 9 mil, 115 grain FMJ, or a 350 round pack of 40 Smith and Wesson. 1600 round pack of 22LR was going for 80 bucks, but rebates of US $20 could be had. Uh, stacking discount with a repaid made for a super deal. There were also some rebates available at Vista Outdoors promotion site. Uh, you guys mentioned SFRC's 16% discount. They also had black packs for sale uh, and could have been bought at a slightly better price of 117 before each rebate. For those who missed out, not to worry, Reliable Gun in Vancouver, BC is having their annual sale this weekend uh, with the same pricing on black packs offered during Black Friday. Happy shopping and keep up the podcasting, Edmund. I think uh, one of the things we're going to see from this year is that 9 mil and 223 are both going on for real cheap. Yeah. I think those prices are going to stay around. I think the production that uh, the ammo companies are, are doing right now, just to, again, keep up from uh, from about five or six years ago when, when we had that crunch, have gotten to the point where uh, they're able to produce a lot more ammo for a lot lower price. I think that the new norm for 223 is going to be right around 400 bucks, 1000 and right around like 250, 240 for nine millimeter. Yep. Which Man. is a good, good, good price. I think it's excellent. Like, I, I really, I, I really, really am glad I'm not reloading. I'm not really reloading for nine millimeter anymore either. I'm just, yep. I'm just buying at this price. It's not worth my time. Kelly, before we jump on to the next one, I just got a pretty awesome text from Jeff Reese that I'd like to share with the listeners. Sure. It's kind of, it's kind of like a sale. Uh, I'm not going to say the price. Because I don't know if this is a retail price or if this is like a staff shooter price. Okay. So, but it, either way, it's going to be an amazing price. So if you have a Stag 10 or a BCL 102 and you're looking for, and let me grab one here. All the mags? Yeah. If you're looking for one of these bad boys, these are the model XCRM pistol magazines, 10 round capacity. They're now in stock at the Calgary Shooting Center, so don't be a communist. And Get yourself some ten round pistol mags for your three hundred eight rifle. Cool. I'm gonna go down there on the eighth, and I hope they still have some. They'll be gone. Get on the phone. Call uh, Jeff. I don't want to. Don't. Okay, all <laughs> don't make me do stuff. I can just prepay. I'll prepay and I'll just pick them up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I just want to pay That's... shipping on like a couple mags. No, you don't have to, but buy them while you still can because these things are hard to find. So, and yeah, screw shipping, Canada Post and stuff. I know the strike is over, but when the Senate forces you back to work, you lose stuff in the mail. So <laughs> I'm still well, not going to be. The backlog from Christmas, right? Everyone's buying Christmas stuff right now. So the backlog is. Mental. Yeah. yeah crazy. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Would you like to read the one from Ginger Snap? Well, no one wants to read anything Ginger Snap writes, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> so sighting in a scope. It is a question old as time itself. It's whispered in the circle, in the quiet circles from playgrounds to water coolers. Secret societies of devout followers base their religion on it. It's an answer. Its answer has baffled scientists for centuries. But now 
one podcast crew has stepped forward to answer this question once and for all. Nope. Too busy <laughs> checking our likes on Facebook. Thanks for nothing, <laughs> Ginger Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> well then, <clears throat> I thought we had did a did we did we do it? We didn't no, talk about no. We didn't, and we're going to. We're we gonna have to. We're going later. to have a show we're on. Have to. We should I, definitely I make think it. We should have an expert come on and talk about it, so that. Oh, you need an expert to tell you how to sight in a scope, really? Sure. Well, you, when you we talk shoot scopes. a bullet and then well, you, you you're perfectly right, align yourself, and then you move no, the cursor to the. No, pole. Kelly, you're right. We should we should have a scope. We should have a conversation about scopes and MRAD versus MOA Mills, uh, yeah. front focal plane, rear focal plane, all yeah. that stuff, and then yeah, it's a good idea. We yeah. should get someone from a scope manufacturer on. I was just going to say, let's reach out to Vortex, of course. And get uh, why don't I contact Reg again and see if he wants to come on? Because you know what? Yeah, that's a good he idea. He wrote a brand new book as well. It's just, he just released it. Huh. Okay, so when we yeah. do this, though, can we keep it a secret so that Ginger Snaps doesn't find out? <laughs> All right. We'll this is his best so... email ever. Secret know, societies of devout followers base their religions on it. And everything's spelled correctly. Spelling is fine, mostly. Yeah, yeah. no, somebody wrote it for him. I mean, it's it's pretty or, good. or or he's not typing on his iPhone anymore, and that is probably what it is. Yeah, I don't, I think. Uh, oh, this I next know. one's anonymous. Oh wow, hmm. who put this in there? I didn't put it in there. I don't know. I put I that in there. Nope. Someone, yeah, someone emailed us uh, from a listener in light of the recent holster and steel core ammo ban at Sherwood Park Fishing Game. Is there any chance you could speak about it on Slamfire today to encourage people to come out and vote for a shooting sports friendly board members at the annual election meeting? It's okay. at the old log cabin on December 6th at 7.30 p.m. So can like I this, read that part again? Come out and vote for shooting sports friendly board members. So can one. I translate that? It's time to vote out the FUDs. That's that's Trevor speak for what he just said. <laughs> oh, vote in vote in the board that does what you want. If there's a lot of people right. there who want shooting sports, they should vote in a shooting sports board. If everyone there just wants to like sit at the line and target shoot, then vote yep. for the board that does that. I mean, everyone at, everyone who um, runs that club is volunteering their time, uh, mm -hmm. but you should get volunteers that represent what you want done. The world is run by those who show up. So yeah, if the club has policies that you don't like, take over the club. And, yep. Show up. And volunteer to take mm -hmm. do stuff as opposed to letting other people do it. Yeah. Yep. And and for those that are critical of me being critical, I'm the one that put the sign up at my gun club that says, Before you complain, have you volunteered, volunteered? yet? Volunteered. And it. I you know, and I stand by that. You know what, Kelly? Every time I see it still hanging there, it blows my mind. That <laughs> It, <laughs> that it, someone hasn't ripped it yeah. down in anger. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Because they of haven't volunteered it's going to cause butt hurt, right? So I, I, I don't. Maybe they think Muffin put it up, and their life is at risk if they take it down, which is fine, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm very uh, critical, but I'm a, I'm a range operator, so I know from which I speak sometimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. but true. not grammar is gooder. It's gooder. All right. It's getting late, Maybe. guys. Yeah, let's wrap this up. If you'd like to send an email, send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Thank you for all the emails, by the way, this week. Nate, especially, coming out. Do we have any shout outs? I do. Dan Demers from Nanook and Gavin from the Canadian Patriot Podcast. So Gavin came out to visit on Friday night. Cold call. Didn't tell anybody that's going to Toronto. Caught some flack. Benny, I'm sorry. 
But and then Sean, <laughs> Sean, Sean Heidman hung up on me and he won that rally. We did a lot of the back and forth hang up. I think it was his birthday, so I had to call and hang up on did him. Did anybody but... raise their hand? We didn't get that far. <laughs> oh, we didn't. Drunk enough. Nope. No, somebody kept putting the toilet seat down to pee, and I was a little worried about that because there's three men in the room, so I wasn't sure how that was working. I came out and accused them of having vaginas, but anyway, nobody fessed That's up to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Gavin didn't even know I was coming to town. I'm like, hey, Gavin, I'm in town. He's like, cool, I'll grab a bottle of whiskey and come over, and it was awesome. He came to hang out, and we had a real good time. Cool. Um, yeah, and then Dan, Dan Demers, um, I hung out with him a lot during the show and he may or may not have been there at two 30 in the morning when the, uh, bartender was trying to take the drink out of my hand. So yeah. Um, he's awesome. He, he, he didn't even have a booth in the show. He was just there talking to the dealers and, Oh, you're, you're opening a new store. I'll send you a case. Oh, you got a contest going on. I'll send you a case. Trevor, make sure you send me the dates, all your stuff. And I send you some cases. He is the perfect ambassador yeah, for, this com- for this company and shooting sports. He is super high energy, super friendly, and so supportive. Um, man, I knew he was awesome, but it was my first time meeting him in person, and he is a real genuine, awesome guy to have in our community. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Yeah, and then there's Gavin. <laughs> he's, he's amazing in his own right. Yeah, in his own right. That's right. Yeah. Polar opposite. <laughs> hey, man, he can't. He he went out of his way to come find me in Mississauga yep. and hang out. Right. That was awesome. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it yeah. for me. Okay, Adriel, what about you? Nope. I don't even have any show notes up. <laughs> okay. I do not have any shoutouts either because I can't remember anybody's name. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Patreonies, we don't have any new Patreonies this week, but if you'd like to support us so that we can put out content, go to our website and you can go to the button that's, that's at the top and click on that. It'll help us put out content and, uh, you know, um, yeah, that's about it. You buy new patches and stuff. And buy new patches. Oh yeah. Did you take Pay for hosting? Did you take advantage of the Black Friday sales with that? No, they oh. didn't send me back the quote oh. for it. So that's not I gotta very nice. call them and see what's going on. Okay. So, why don't you go over and support one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gunners of Canada and uh, like us on Facebook. We're officially over the actual year. It's 2019. Yay! That's what we got for for likes. That's it. Holy. No, that's not it. The price on these magazines (laughs) is $38. Oh, that's really good. Everyone else is over 45 bucks. Calgary Shooting Center does it again. 38 bucks. It's on CGN. Click on the link and go get your 10-round pistol 308 mags. Yeah. And ending it on the note of why don't you guys all go and tune in to Master of Arms because it is an amazing show. I even watch. I concur. It is awesome. I loved it. Sweet. Yeah, that's it for the show. Night, guys. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.